This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. be terrible and I just walk up here, treat you guys well and whatever. I didn't say it was true. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm glad everybody's here tonight. I'm super excited. I think we've had a little bit of fun so far and keep it going. We're going to start with a few questions though and I'm going to put two people on the screen and I want you to vote on who you would pick based off of this question. So the first one is, who would you rather be your substitute teacher? The Joker? See, when I made these slides, I knew there were going to be some goons in the crowd who'd be like, I want the Joker to be my teacher. Yeah. Batman, okay. How about, who would you pick to be your next basketball coach? You want the guy who wanted to kill everyone to be your coach. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, who would make the best small group leader? Yeah. Okay. Who would you pick to be... A chaperone for you and your friends on spring break. You're not sure? You're not sure. All right. And the last one is who would make the best boss at your after school job? Whatever. You guys are jokesters. Who would make the best boss at your after-school job? You? <laughs> you weren't an option. All right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> have, you guys, have you guys ever noticed? So we've had, there's good leaders and there's bad leaders. 
Have you noticed that movies and TV shows, like they give us the best examples of how people use power. They give us the best examples of really powerful people. See, there's rarely ever someone that's just in the middle. Like if it's a main character of a movie, they're rarely ever in the middle. They're never just an okay person. Like just okay people don't make good movies, right? The most interesting people to watch are powerful people who are either really, really awesome or they're completely awful. Either you have the superheroes or the supervillains. And last week, we started talking about this idea of power, this idea of being a powerful person, and specifically how we all have powerful people that are in our lives, people that are in positions of leadership or authority over us. And sometimes, just like in those movies, those leaders are awesome, they're inspiring, they're encouraging, they're helpful people. And even if you're not always happy with the stuff that they ask you to do or the rules that they make you follow, you trust them, you like them, you respect them. They're, they're good people for the most part. But at the same time, we all know what it feels like to have a real-life example of a powerful person in authority over us who seems like they just shouldn't be a powerful person whatsoever. Like, you don't know how they even got there. They're just, they don't belong in power. And last week, we talked about Jesus, right? We talked about how Jesus was the best example of how to use power and how he introduced this idea of power, of this idea of an upside-down kingdom, of controlling it in a way that nobody had ever seen it before. He handled authority and power completely different. But it kind of leaves us with like this one question. What if, what if the powerful people in our lives aren't doing it anything the way Jesus did it? And they're not doing it like Jesus at all. They don't lead like Jesus would in any way. Like, what do you do when a leader in your life is lazy? They're disrespectful. They're wrong all the time. Or they don't deserve the power that they have whatsoever. Like, think about it for a second. Think about, what about the teacher who seems to care less about you, cares less about the students, cares less about you actually learning, and only cares about test scores and grades? What about the boss who makes decisions that you absolutely don't agree with and treats all of the employees absolutely unfairly? What about that adult in your life who talks about being a Christian, says how great being a Christian is, and they act like they're the greatest Christian in the world, but they also talk bad about every single person on the street? Like, what do we do then? How do we handle these leaders in our lives that are put there and we have no control over them, but they have control over us, and they don't seem like they're doing it the way Jesus wanted them to do it? It makes us ask, like, are we required to be good followers of bad leaders? Like, does God actually want me to blindly follow someone who isn't kind, they're selfish, they're not respectful to anyone just because they're in power? Like, do I have to blindly follow them just because they're in power, even though they do all these awful things? Or is it okay for me to ignore them? 
Is it really a big deal if I make fun of them to my friends? If the person is a bad leader, do I have to be a good follower? Like, those are really good questions. Those are questions that I've asked myself. Those are questions that you probably have asked at some point or another about some leader in your life. Like, do I actually have to follow them when they're not doing it the way that Jesus said we're supposed to do it? See, dealing, dealing with people in authority who don't live up to their responsibility, it, it never goes away, even as an adult. Like, I have had jobs in the past where my leader didn't seem that way, or I've met people where I'm like, ah, you're in power, and you may not be in power over me, but I wouldn't want you to be. See, it never goes away, because the truth is, we're always going to have people in our lives who have more power or more authority than we do. And not all people do things the way Jesus says we're supposed to do them. And although it's really, really complicated, it's, it's good news, and there is good news, that God has given us kind of a starting point for how to respond in a powerful way to a powerful person, no matter how they're using their power, whether it's good or bad. God gives us a great example of that. And he does that in ancient Israel. We, we hear about a powerful king named David. Long before he was king, though, David had a lot of experience already with really, really powerful people. See, as a kid, David's own father basically completely ignored him, overlooked him, and whenever it came time to deciding which of his son, sons would get picked for this major opportunity, he acted like David didn't exist because he didn't think David had it. So he didn't care. And as a teenager, David faced off with like a legit giant named Goliath. A lot of us have heard the story of David and Goliath. And this Goliath had been bullying people, putting people down, hurting people, killing people, and David faces off against him. See, he had already, at a young age, faced off against a lot of bad leaders. And not many years after that, David had to decide how to respond to the most powerful person at the time. He had to respond to the king of Israel. Like, this guy's in charge of all of Israel. So let me give you just a little bit of background. See, God chose David to be the next king of Israel. But there was this slight problem, and that was the fact that Israel already had a king. This king's name was Saul, and Saul was not ready to leave. He wanted to be king. He loved being king. He loved the praise. He loved it all, and he wasn't going to back down. So King Saul decided that he needed to act. If God was going to select a new king, then he needed to do something about it. So he decided what he was going to do was kill David. Because what better way to eliminate your competition than to just kill them? So what do you do when an evil king is coming for you to kill you? Like, what would you do? You'd probably run, right? Like, you would get out of there. And that is exactly what David did. He ran. For years, David ran for his life. He didn't want to die. He wanted to be king, and he knew what God had called him to be. But he wasn't about to just sit there and let the king kill him, right? So that's where we pick up with this story tonight. It says, after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, 
he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of in Gidi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. So in case you're wondering if you heard that right, you did. King Saul called upon 3,000 troops to hunt down one guy. 3,000 troops to kill David. All because Saul was the type of leader who got jealous. He got really, really jealous over the success of those around him. And he knew people liked David. So he said, I'm putting an end to that. I'm sending everybody that I know, and they're going to take him down. So then on the way, Saul walked into this cave, take a bathroom break, do whatever. But in that very same cave, David and his guys are already in there, and they're hiding from Saul. So they're in the back. Imagine Saul just walks into the opening of the cave. He's just getting away from his troops, blah, 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 taking a break, taking a rest. And back there is David and all his guys hiding. He can't see them. And the story goes on. Now is your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So here was David's chance, right? Saul has no idea that he's there, has no clue that him and his guys are back there hiding. Years of being hunted, years of running, it was finally going to come down to this very moment. Saul had been an awful authority in David's life, terrible. And now David had the chance to actually do something about it. All he had to do was get out his sword sneak up behind him, and all of his problems would be over. He no longer had to worry about Saul. Even his own men were begging him to do it. The people who supported David most were like, dude, do it. He's right there, just in this right now. But look at what he decided to do instead. It says, so David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. So, yeah, that's a, that's a weird flex. David knew that all he had to do was end him right there, but instead, he decides he's just going to cut off a piece of his clothes. Like, all of his friends had to be confused at the time. Like, this was supposed to be the day when David could finally get revenge. Get revenge on the guy who had told him he was going to kill him, who had sent 3,000 people to go kill him, had chased him around Israel. This was going to be the time that it could be over. In fact, Saul actually left that cave without ever knowing David was there. And while David could have stayed hidden, instead, he runs out of the cave. As soon as Saul leaves, he runs out of the cave after Saul. He gets his attention. He's probably waving his hands. He's like, yo, dude, look what I just did. I cut off a piece of your clothes. He has this piece of cloth in his hand. And at that moment, Saul did know something, though. Saul knew that David had spared his life. He had no idea David was back there. He had no idea what David had done. And what David said next explains it all. May the Lord judge between us, 
Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you're trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing the one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. See, David could have taken Saul down right there. He could have taken him down, ended it, would have never had to worry about him again. And if we're being honest, he probably had a good reason to do it, right? Like this guy just sent a bunch of troops to go kill him just because he heard that he was going to be the next king. Just because he was jealous because people liked David, he said, I'm going to kill you. David had a pretty good reason to completely end it there. But what David realized is that even though Saul was powerful, he was a powerful person in authority, and he had all this authority over David, there was a power that David had that Saul completely didn't. It was power, it was this power that David had to decide the role that he would play in his own story. And here's what I mean by that. David quotes a saying that he heard growing up. He says, from evil people come evil deeds. Meaning, you know, evil is as evil does. Evil people do evil things. Like if I do this thing, if I take Saul's life, then I'm no better than Saul. Like I'm not gonna be one of those evil people. King Saul was evil. He wasn't gonna be evil like him. And he looked at him, he's like, you may be like that. You may be like that, Saul, but that's not me. I'm not evil. See, Saul may have been a killer, but in that moment, David chose not to be. Saul may have been disrespectful, but David would not stoop to his level. Saul may have been wrong and deserving of this dishonor, but David knew that in honoring Saul, even when he didn't deserve it, And even when he probably didn't want to, he was exercising his own power, his own authority, and ultimately honoring God. See, talk about an upside-down way to use power. Like most people, you think power. He had power over Saul. He could have killed him and ended it. But instead, he used a different kind of power, a power that most people don't ever look at. David could have used his position to take advantage of Saul. But in God's upside-down kingdom, David knew that the best way, the very best way to use his power was for good. In fact, one way to say it is in the upside-down kingdom, honor is greater than power. See, and we we have the same opportunity in our lives. It may not be just like that, but we can choose to be honorable no matter what is going on around us. See, their actions, whoever they are, their actions don't have to determine our response. See, does that mean that we always obey? Does that mean that we always comply, we always give in? No, because David ran for his life. Like Saul said, I'm going to kill you, and he was like, no, I'm getting out of here. See, if he had done nothing, he would have died. He did decide, however, that no amount of Saul's evil could force him to do evil as well. 
he wasn't going to be evil just because Saul was. It wasn't worth it. That he would become like the person that he was running from. And hopefully, like I said earlier, you never find yourself in that situation. But you may find yourself in other situations where the person with the power isn't acting like they should. Maybe they're treating you unfairly. Maybe they're treating your friends unfairly. Maybe they're disrespectful to you. They're demeaning. But there's going to be times when ideally the right thing to do would be to be respectful and humble and compassionate. And we can say no to a powerful person in your life because they will lead you against what's right or what's wise. But let's be like brutally honest for just a second. In the world today, there's like a lot of injustice, a lot of things going on around us that are not honoring to Jesus, not honoring to God. We're talking about, we're not talking about honoring injustice. We're not talking about doing something that's completely wrong just because somebody tells you to do it. I don't want you to think that that's what you have to do. We're talking about you choosing to be an honorable person. So in saying that, if any leader in your life, if any authority figure in your life is hurting you or asking you to hurt yourself or to hurt others, see, this is an authority that you shouldn't listen to. And we know this. We know that if they're asking us to hurt ourselves or they're hurting people around us, we, we don't need to listen to them. And figuring out how to not listen to bad authority figures, it is challenging. But see, that isn't every time. Those are the exceptions. Most of the time, our teachers, our coaches, and our parents, they're not asking us to do something illegal or immoral. They're not asking us to do something that's going to hurt you or hurt your friends. But there will be times when their actions aren't great. There will be times when you're frustrated with them, when they annoy you, when you feel like they could be a lot better than they are. There's going to be times when they really, really disappoint you. And in those moments, in those moments in your life, the most important thing that you can decide is who you want to be in response. You don't have to be just like them. You don't have to think, oh, well, whether you don't have to think, oh, they, they deserve it, or they deserve this type of response, or they don't deserve the power they have. They don't deserve to be treated this way. So we have to choose to be honorable no matter who is powerful. And the truth is that we all know this is a lot easier said than done. Like, this isn't an easy thing. So to kind of wrap it up tonight, I want to Look at ways you can be honorable no matter who is powerful. And the first one is think about what you say and how you say it. See, whether you're talking to a teacher, a parent, a coach, or just anyone else in authority, see, you can choose to speak in a way that communicates respect. Maybe they're not respectful, but you can choose to be respectful. See, if you, if you have to argue, like, if you must argue with your stepmom, you can argue in a way that's, that's calm and uses words to actually find solutions, not to make the other person look stupid. Simply, simply put, 
your words are your choice. And you can choose to honor someone with your words, even if you don't agree with them, even if their words aren't always great. Just as important is how you say the words that you choose to use. Secondly, we have to remember that they are human too. See, it's easy to see powerful people as not real people. Like, that's my boss, that's my teacher, that's my coach, that's my parent. But they're humans, just like us. See, coaches, they're going to mess up. Teachers, they'll make mistakes. Bosses, they're going to get it wrong. Parents, they're probably going to do something that disappoints you. And in these moments, you can respond honorably by treating them the way that you would want to be treated in the same situation. Sometimes you have to put yourself in their shoes. Think if you made that mistake, if you messed up, if you were the one that disappointed somebody else, how would you want them to respond to you? And then that is how we have to respond to them. And thirdly, speak up. Like we mentioned before, sometimes the best way to be honorable is to speak up when it's not safe or when you're being hurt or when what's being asked of you isn't right or it's immoral or it's not healthy. See, knowing when to speak up or finding the right words, it can be tricky. It can be confusing. See, that's why we want each of you to have a tribe group leader or an adult in your life who cares about you, someone who wants what's best for you, someone who can guide you through these tough situations like this, someone who has probably been through the same exact thing and can tell you, yeah, that's really tough. Let me show you how I handled it. Or let me show you how not to handle it. See, the thing to remember in all of this is that God is inviting us to something. Like God is inviting us into this upside-down kingdom to participate in it, to be different in a totally different way of seeing power, like treating it completely different than the way we see it treated around us. See, in this upside-down kingdom, honor is greater than power. And that means that you can be honorable no matter who is in power. And it can be difficult. It can be really challenging. And it can be something that you're not exactly feel prepared for. But it's what Jesus modeled. It's what Jesus invites us to be a part of. And I promise that it's the best way to see and treat power when it comes to making these decisions. I promise that it's going to make us into the best version of ourselves when we approach power and powerful people the way that Jesus modeled it. So you can start living that upside-down kingdom today. It doesn't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you get older, until you're more mature. Like We can do it now. And band, you can make your way back on up. See, I, I know that this conversation about, about powerful people is really confusing and it's tricky and it's complicated because so many of us have so many different experiences with people in power. And almost every one of them is unique. For instance, even though David was honorable in that story that I shared, he didn't always get it right in every situation. Like David 
isn't always the perfect model. He did things sometimes that you look at and you're like, hmm, I don't think he did that quite well. See, it's a confusing and it's a complicated thing. And I hope that this week you, you talk with your friends. You talk with friends in your tribe group or your tribe group leader about specific authorities in your life and how to handle them. Because the truth is, you're always going to have powerful people in your life. Like, that's never going to go away. Don't think that when you get older, there's not going to be somebody above you. There's always someone who has more power. Some are going to be really, really good, and you're going to love them. And some of them are going to be terrible. It's just the truth. But you can decide for yourself how you're going to respond and what kind of person that you are going to be. See, no matter who's in charge, you can choose to be honorable. And that is actually really, really, really powerful. Not only that, but imagine, imagine what might happen if the world saw like a generation of teenagers, a generation of teenagers that responded in ways that just honored everyone, a generation of students who help people in unexpected ways, a generation of students who are praying for authority figures, who are modeling a healthy way to use power. See, I think that you guys can be an example and change the, wor- change the world, change the way the world sees power, change the way the world sees authority. Because believe it or not, some of you guys are going to be the ones in power when you're older. You're going to have authority, and you get to choose what kind of person you're going to be. And I think it could start right here and right now. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for bringing us here safely, and I thank you for who you are. I pray that you would, I pray that you would work strongly and powerfully in our lives. That we would look to you as the model for authority. That whenever we're faced with a difficult situation where someone in power disappoints us or frustrates us or annoys us, that we would respond the way you would want us to respond, not the way we think they deserve. I pray that you would work powerfully in all the leaders that are out there now, that they would look to you, that our leaders would begin seeing that Jesus was the best model of authority. I pray that as we go on with our weeks as we go to school, as we get, go to practice, as we go to work, that those authority figures in our lives, that we would treat them the way you want us to treat them, that we would choose to be honoring, that we would choose to use power in a way that's completely different than the people around us, that we would begin to start a generation of people who care, who love, who are compassionate, who are generous, who pray, and who love each other just the way that you love us. It's your name that we pray. Amen.